Thailand, especially the land of smiles, you, you, we went to this Hmong village and it's like, they, we're talking poor. Like, yeah. you know, we talk about like, oh, if I don't drive a Lexus or anything, I'm, I'm poor driving this Chevy or whatever. It's like, dude, they're, these guys are poor and all of them are happier than us. Yeah. They're all yeah. smiling. They don't have any of these toys. Yep. And they, 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 they rope a couple little sticks together and that's a toy and they're like freaking having a great time with it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Pay It Forward podcast. I am one of your hosts, Austin Seward. And I am Keegan Walls. And thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, today we have with us Matt Boschka. Um, Matt and I have gotten to know each other over the past couple months here, owner of multiple different local businesses. Um, super awesome guy, has a great story, so really excited to have him on today. Well, thank you for that awesome introduction, and a pleasure to meet you as well, Keegan. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah. So thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start off, um, just for our listeners to get to know a little bit more about you, kind of take us back to, I mean, man, how many how many different businesses do you own right now? Right now, I didn't count, so okay. don't quote me on this. I think it's like six or seven. Six or seven. So I've done a little bit of consolidating uh, lately. Okay. I'm um, taking a little bit of the load off the shoulder so I can enjoy life a little bit more. Yep. Um, but at one point, I do believe I had 10 plus LLCs. Wow. Rolling at one time. That's awesome. So it's a, it's a big juggling act, I'll tell you that. So take us back in time. How, how do you go from zero to, to six, seven, 10 businesses? Right. Um, without being a little bit uh, you know, too verbose here, I'll just kind of give you a little background about me. So my name is Matt Boschka. I'm from La Crosse originally. I uh, went to Central High School, graduated in 1999, uh, went to University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, graduated with a degree in finance and economics in 2004. In 2002, I started to get the travel bug. I studied abroad. I lived in Spain, in Valladolid, Spain for, for a semester, got to travel throughout Europe, got to go to Africa, and I loved it. What I didn't love, though, were the flights at that point. So I was international business. I got back, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this much anymore, the traveling. just I want to be in the destinations, and I want to immerse myself with the cultures and stuff. I just don't like the flying. But with that being said, I came back, and I was like, I'm changing my, my degree to finance. Um, so after college, graduated, uh, took my Series 7, I got that, and I was a financial advisor selling stocks, bonds, mutual funds, variable life insurance, a bunch of different investment vehicles. Um, sold to a lot of family and friends. You know, coming out of college, you're competing against a lot of people in this area. You got Northwest Mutual, you got AXA, you got Edward Jones, you got all these cats. Why are people wanting to invest in a nice, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed 22-year-old kid? <laughs> so that was my challenge: is going out there and explaining to them, like, "Hey, I'm young. You know, you're just a number with those cats. I'm going to give you the time. You're you're a person to me." And that did pretty well. So, but after about a year or so, of that I, I once again found myself wanting to spread my wings and just get out of lacrosse for a little bit. So I did move up to Minneapolis, and there I was a mortgage broker with Countrywide Financial. And this was right before the 2008 subprime market crash happened. So I was out there selling 228s and 327s to people with credit scores in the 500s. And, and then we all know what happened in 2008. Yeah, I was making good scratch. It was awesome for a 26, 27-year-old kid to be making 100-plus K a year. Trust me, nobody in my family has ever even touched that number before. Yep. So to me, um, that was awesome. And it inspired me. I wanted more. Um, and I liked doing the mortgages. I, I didn't mind it um, to the point where even I left Countrywide for a few months and went and I was a broker. 
And that's when you can start making some serious scratches when you're a broker and you're actually not paying a corporate, you know, all the fees yep. that they charge and such. So, um, after that, I did that for a couple of years. I'm, I'm always kind of like a vagabond with jobs and vocations. I, I, it's not that I get bored easily. It's just, I'm always constantly trying to find something new to do or reinvent myself or challenge myself. And if I feel like I've conquered that, then what am I doing here? Staying stagnant. I might as well get out there and get after something new and, and learn something. So that's what I did. I, I applied for uh, a, an opening in the pharmaceutical job uh, industry with uh, Forest Pharmaceuticals, and this was in 2008-ish, 2009, right after the subprime market crashed. And after 100 applicants applied, uh, I was one of those, no pharma experience. The only C I got at UWL was in biology and anatomy, so <laughs> not your ideal candidate for pharmaceutical sales, you know what I'm saying? Um, but after a, a round of interviews and whittling it down to about four of us, after the uh, you know out of the 100 originals, I got the job. So they must have saw something in me. I interviewed well. I, I was kind of a no, you know, no BS kind of guy, shooting straight, tell you, looking in the eye, shake your hand, and just old school mentality. And they must have liked that. So I did pretty well with that. I did that for a year, and I got promoted to to uh, having a, a team of four reps. Had to move over to Appleton. Um, did really well with that, saved up enough coin doing that. So I started my first company in 2009 called Smart Health Media. And we went across the, the country to doctor's offices and we'd give them a free 42-inch TV in their, in their waiting room. And we would upload it with our Smart Health Network, which was NBC-produced content. We had health trivia. We would have um, health recipes, different cool topics that will keep you captivated and invigorated while you're sitting in the doctor's office versus flipping through a six-month-old good housekeeping magazine. Yep. I was constantly finding myself doing that. I'm like, if I'm going to sit in this doctor's office for 45 minutes up to two hours to see the doctor, I'm just sitting here. This was, this was when you only had Snake or Tetris on your phone, too. We didn't have, <laughs> yep. we didn't have smartphones yep. really back in 2009. So you, you can only conquer stage 28 of Snake so many times if you're like, I need something more to do while I'm whittling away here waiting for these doctors. So that's where the idea of Smart Health came around with a business partner of mine, um, AJ. I'm going to get back into this because I want to talk to uh, one of the main messages I want to talk to today is, is failure is good. Okay, love it. So um, we did that. We we had it in a handful of states: New York, Wisconsin, Minnesota. There was about ten states we were in before we did that for a year, and then you know that kind of different story. We'll get into that. But um, I did save up enough money at that point, though, where I started Dublin Square. And then after Dublin Square, off and running. You know, I thought that I wanted to do restaurants and bars for the, my whole life. This was pro, this was pre um, John Taffer. You know, pre like restaurant. You know, are awesome and like yeah. you're you're the king if you own restaurants and bars. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was great. You know, that first handful of years, <clears throat> we we Dublin was just the new kid. You know, in town, we were the first to really have that patio scene on the corner of a busy, robust, dynamic downtown of La Crosse, Wisconsin. And then Burger Fusion came a couple years later. We built that to two locations. Um, Valley High bought a golf course in 2015 and recently just sold all three of those. In 2019, we sold the Burger Fusions. Uh, last year, we sold Valley High. David Ray's came uh, in 2018. Um, cannabis Depot, location one, was 2019 along with Carbon Cannabis. And then Sensi was this year. So, yeah, that's kind of... A, a long drawn out, I guess, how I came to where I am today. And travel. So yeah, oh, travel. Yeah, thank you. For <laughs> so I do also, I am a franchise owner of Dream Vacations. Our parent company is World Travel Holdings. 
I love traveling. I love cannabis. I love golfing. I love drinking whiskey. I love burgers. Everything I've ever loved doing, I've started a business based around that. It's not like I'm out there just being like, okay, who, what kind of business do I want to start today? There's a little bit of method behind my madness. Um, so yeah, travel. Um, now I, I, I do that. Um, I, I'm so passionate about travel. Uh, I, it's just, it's the only thing that I genuinely feel you can buy that makes you richer. Um, you know, having fat houses and nice cars and Bentleys and all this that, and the other, that none of that even means anything to me at this point. You know, I don't wear any watches. I don't have any jewelry. Um, I, I wear my travels and the pictures in my house. That's what I wear. Um, so yeah, if any of you guys are looking for a trip on this podcast, any <laughs> listeners, I'm your guy, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty honest, trustworthy guy. I, I'm going to keep you in your, your budget in mind, and I'm going to go out there and find you the best value for your dollar. I don't charge you anything. All I charge you is if I do a good job for you, you know, that you're out there, you, you refer your friends and family to me. That's all I'm looking for. Yep. So yeah, travel, um, best value trips.com, but it's through dream vacations, which is a franchise I bought. So. I can attest to the customer service. He helped me book my honeymoon that I'm going on in yeah. a couple of weeks to Fiji. So yep. excited I'm about excited that. I'm excited for you, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the pics of that. You, yeah. You're going to be staying at such an awesome location. Yeah. And, um, we, you know, after comparing, even so even using you as an example, like I searched your your trip that, you know, um, through Delta and through FunJet and through a couple others. And finally, I came across, uh, you know, Pleasant Holidays and they, they just had the best deal for you. And, um, you know, t- you don't know this, but yeah, it Pleasant was less commissions to me. And I could have char- I could have went with Delta, which was like maybe like, you know, only a handful of hundred dollars more. And I would have made like an extra thousand bucks. But that's I'm always about the client first, man. I, I'm not yeah, about yeah. if you if you were to catch wind about that, that I made an extra couple hundred bucks about you and you could have got the deal less. I'm going to look like an a-hole, yeah, <laughs> you know what sure. I mean? And you know, all we have in life is our character and our reputations. And I didn't work this long to get to where I am to have it dwindled or tarnished by just one single, you know, transaction yep. or interaction. So For that's sure. just kind of how I roll. And thank you, by the way. I yeah, appreciate absolutely. It. Yeah, I appreciate it. So thank where, you. Where's the best spot? You, tra- my, you travel, all, like, you're going one place. You, you can only go one place the rest of your life. Where would it be? Well, based on my prior ones, I'm going back to Thailand. That's yeah. an awesome and you've been place. to Thailand I've been too. To Thailand, yeah. Thailand is, awesome. is just otherworldly. Like because of Thailand, it, it it's like up until Thailand, I've everything was black and white. After leaving there, I'm seeing colors. <laughs> I'm in a different world now. I'm meditating. I'm reading more. I I just know that there's far better out there than what we are living in. You mm-hmm. know, in the media and everyone tells you that we're we're the best, we're the baddest, and this is just where it is. There's a whole world of other coolness out there that we need to just get out and explore and wander and just try to open your minds versus having them be propagandized to the point where you're just regurgitating what the media is making you think. Agreed. Yeah. So Thailand is awesome. The people, the culture, the food, um, the extra fun stuff that you can do on the side (laughs) if you so choose. There's just a lot to do there, and there's this. You got the north with with all you know the all the temples, and there's temples everywhere, but the temples and forest the national parks and then you go down south and you got the beaches and the the long tail boats and the rock formations i mean we're doing backflips off of our long tail boat with these girls from england into the indian ocean after you know we just drank a bottle of jameson yeah that's the that's the life yeah in my opinion that that's what it was um you know we went to the the maya bay uh where like the beach was shot with leonardo dicaprio and we just did a lot of cool stuff. I, I, we were only there for 16 or 17 days, but I, I, when I go back, I want to do that 
Cambodia, Thailand, mm-hmm. like the whole gamut down there. It'll probably be a month cool. vacation. So and it's, Thailand's pretty inexpensive. I mean, yeah. when I was there, I mean, I think a meal is a couple dollars, and yeah. hotel night is fifteen bucks, twenty bucks. Right, right. Like Seven Elevens where it's at. Yeah. So there's like twenty thousand Seven Elevens in the world. And thirteen or fourteen thousand of them are in Thailand. I was gonna say because they're not here anymore. No, they're not. They're not. They're either like L.A. and the California area, or that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, don't quote me on that, but that's where a majority of them yeah. are. But I tell you this: like, you you can't go a block in Bangkok without there being at least one, but probably up to three on the same block. Yeah. Like across the sure. street, across the street, and they're cranking, and they have the best like little rice and like just spicy, just different things that you throw on the mic, and it's like a dollar and a quarter, and you're off, and now you got your lunch for the day. Yep. So you can do it that way. Um, there's the street food there is fantastic. Um, there's obviously a lot of restaurants and stuff you can pop into, but I think if you want a good quality burger, you're not paying much more than eight or ten dollars. Yeah, for that's sure. awesome. Yeah, we stayed in the Carlton, which is like one of the, it's a five star, like a genuine, not like you see on Yelp, which says five star. Right. You can yeah. see some Marriotts that are five stars that are two stars in the the realm of the rating system. So the Carlton is an actual five star. They got the diamond, all that stuff on the wall. And I think we paid you know two fifty for the night. That's awesome. Three hundred. Not bad at all. No, yeah. I just spent in Iceland. We spent we stayed in a hotel that looked like the well. Motel on the south side, and that was 400. <laughs> right. But I'm not it, even kidding. Yeah, we got Isn't but, Iceland like the the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of? Isn't that super expensive? Very. It's yeah. I, I believe it's the, like they have coffee cups and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, um, yeah, we we might we might be the most expensive country, but we're also like the most beautiful. You know, they yeah. they, they recognize that they are. Yeah. Um, then a lot of it's the taxes there, but you can if you do buy stuff in Iceland, you can take it to the airport, hand it in, and get all that stuff back. Okay. The, the, the taxes that you paid. Awesome. Um, on obviously items purchased, not your food and drinks. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, Thailand, Thailand for sure. Now, where do where's my next bucket list that I what, really want to do? Yeah. Um, I think. I like to go to one new, either one new continent. I always go to Europe once every year. So really, uh, yeah, I know that Europe once every year. Um, no matter, I've went to Europe, yeah, once every year. Sometimes up to two times. But I haven't been to um, New Zealand in mm. Australia yet, and that's like that's what I'm doing next year for my big like international trip. Cool. So that, and then I, I got to get to Antarctica here soon too. But cool. I, I, I had an opportunity for a free cruise I won through Princess to go down to Antarctica and do the Cape Horn and do all that. But you're just basically on a big ship like that. You're just on a boat with a bunch of people. It's, yep. it's cold AF yeah. and it's windy and you're just taking pictures from the boat. I want to do expedition style. I want to get yeah. off that. I want to get on the ground. I want to get in the faces of these freaking penguins. I want to do that. that. Cool. I want to immerse myself into Antarctica's culture, which isn't much. Yeah. Besides walking around for you know a couple hours and then getting back on your boat prince you know it's just a floating floating hotel and i i didn't want to do that so i'm mm. gonna i'm gonna hold that off for maybe a couple of years cool that'll be sweet though yeah i, yeah, I think so yeah not many cool. people go to antarctica no they don't what about don't you know. what's what's your favorite what's your bucket list well, i'm everybody that knows me well so i did my bucket list so hawaii was always my bucket list yeah. i always thought i'd never go to hawaii then i went to so Kauai. now i haven't been to the other islands so yeah. i'm a little Whatever people are like, well, you got to see yeah. all the islands before you can say it. I think Kauai is the best island. Why Love is that? Kauai. Why? What was the best um, about it? So I really like. It just seemed less touristy than like what you hear about the other islands or the Big Island. Not big giant skyscrapers. It's not two thousand people at a beach. Right. Like the be- we we'd wake up, walk down to a beach, we'd snorkel with turtles and stuff every single time, and there'd maybe be fifteen people at that beach. Right. So I mean, for me, it's. I love, 
well also that one is like it's the wettest one so they get the most rain so the vegetation stuff is beautiful but for me i like if i just do beach then i'm like man i really want to do adventure and hikes well then if i go do like a hike adventure i'm like man but it would be kind of nice to have that caribbean type thing yeah so hawaii is just that perfect combination of i have the beach and the sun i can just chill out and relax but then i also have just endless opportunities to explore hike go on expeditions, do crazy stuff. Yeah. And for me, Kauai just seemed very local, you know, mahalo man, yeah. chill, yeah. not over not over touristy. And it just seemed like the actual island life when you go to Kauai. So I love Hawaii. So when you go back to Hawaii, because I'm guessing you will go back to Hawaii at some point. Will we you go wanted back to there or will you go to a different island? I'll probably go back to I'm also I'm also just so plain Jane, right? Like I go to a restaurant and I oh man, that burger's good. Yeah. And it's oh man, I could try this like seafood. But I know for a fact the burger is good, so I'm probably just going to go for the burger. Sure. So I'm just like, I find my thing, I like it, and I just do it. Yeah. So I'll probably go back. We were going to go back this summer. Didn't work out, but yeah, we went, we've been twice to Kauai. We'll probably go back. Very cool. So Awesome. Sweet. That, that's my spot. What about cool, you? Cool. Um, I mean, my dream is to be able to travel the world bow hunting. Yeah. Um, and I've told so many people, we were actually just talking about this yesterday, and like you said about, it's one thing to go on a cruise ship or go on a vacation and you go to Mexico and you stay at the resort the whole time, but it's another to be immersed in the culture. And I don't think there's any better way to do that than being hunting in different areas and being a part of the local culture there. And I was bow hunting. I went to Hawaii last year, brought my bow Kauai. and on big yeah. Island. Oh, yeah. Uh, big island. yeah. Uh, bow hunting on the big Island. It's like, we were on the big Island for five days or on Oahu before. And it's like, there was nothing that compared to being out on the Island with the animals, with a local guide. Um, it just, I, I feel like you're so immersed in the local culture there hunting. So, um, yeah, as far as a favorite place, I mean, Thailand was awesome. I'm a huge fan of the Caribbean islands. I've yeah. been to a lot of the different islands down there. Um, super excited about Fiji. That should be really That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but any anything out west, love the mountains, love really love the mountains. Yeah. So Yeah, me too. I was I kinda resonate yep. with what you were saying. Like I love mountains and stuff when I'm up on the mountains, I'm like, okay, I'm already thinking about like I right. now I want to be on a beach. Yeah. And <laughs> right. why so you can't you So it's you the can, best of both worlds. I yeah. do agree with you on that as well. It was, so and Thailand is in a sense too. There's it mountains is, yeah. and stuff like right. that, but then yep. you got like the, the awesome beaches and stuff like yeah. that too. Yeah. So I'd probably like Thailand. Yeah. Yeah, you would love Thailand. You yeah. would and for sure. The people there are awesome. And the people in Hawaii are great too. Yeah, yep. uh, it, it's coming to my belief here that like we're kind of the worst people. On the <laughs> like, dude, everyone is so awesome and so giving, and everyone is smiling and just you know. And some in Thailand, especially the land of smiles. You, you we went to this Hmong village, and it's like they, we're talking poor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about like, oh, if I don't drive a Lexus or anything, I'm, I'm poor driving this Chevy or whatever. It's like. Dude, they're, these guys are poor, and all of them are happier than us. Yeah. They're all yeah. smiling. They don't have any of these toys. Yep. And they, 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 they rope a couple little sticks together, and that's a toy, and they're like freaking having a great time with it. Yeah, Mid- Midwest nice doesn't even come close. No, but you doesn't. go anywhere in the U.S. and people are like, oh, you're from the yeah. Midwest. We're the you, nicest you're, people in the United States. And, and, we're, and it doesn't compare we're to on the bottom there. of the ladder compared to the, the, the yeah. whole world nicely. If you have like a monk, like a Tibetan monk up top as far as niceness, and then you got like an anarchist Satanist on the bottom, like Midwest nice is like, eh, it's like a handful of steps of yeah. anarchist and Satanist. Yeah. You know, and these guys are just way ahead of us on, that, on the, the ladder of happiness. Um, where, does that, where does that come from? I mean, you've been in those villages and those 
people like where does that happiness come from i think it's from not having uh social media and having tvs and having propaganda pumped into their little brains and also i mean when you're up in a if you don't know like if you don't know anything about rolexes and cars and fancy hotels and eating octopus and stuff like that you you don't know anything about it so your brain is kind of just trained to not deal with that like i do a lot of meditation and stuff i'm meditating to get rid of half of the crap i've been taught my entire life like i'm rewiring my brain to be like, no, you, you your brain, we're, we're wrong here. This is not the way the, the world is. You've just yeah. been lied to your entire life. So I, that's one thing I've been working on a lot since I got back from Thailand in, in late February is getting all of the belief systems and all the crap I've been lied to my entire life out of my body and out of my brain so I can start focusing on my 40s and 50s being like free yeah. from it all and, and going and learning other cultures so I can, so I can just learn, relearn again. Yep. So that's where I feel like it is. What you don't, ignorance is bliss. Let's just yeah, put it that way. That's sure. what I think it is. Yep. They don't know any better. Yep. Yeah. Simple life. There's something to be said about that. And yeah. um, speaking of simple life, owning this many businesses is not simple. Um, so how, how I imagine you have different levels of leadership in your businesses or managers or people, because obviously doesn't, everybody doesn't report to you. So how... How did you put that in place for each of the businesses? Like, what does that leadership structure look like? And how do you how do you manage the culture that you want or the business that you want if you're not that guy in every business all the time? Because right. you, you can't be for no. everyone all the time. No, unless you... Well, there's only a certain... Obviously, you know, there's only a certain amount of hours in a day. Yep. And a lot of these businesses have the same hours of operation. Yep. So I can't be at all places at all times. So you have to be super heavily dependent and relied upon and you got to trust your managers. Yeah. Um, times are tough right now. You know, there's just, and when you own a business, okay, it's very challenging because you have a certain level of passion and it's your investment. Like if they, if the business goes under, you're the one that's on the hook for the mortgage or the, the business loans or yep. whatever it is you have, your reputation, all that. Um, to many, it's just a job for them. Even if they are a management, it's like you can say take ownership and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, yep. they're not yep. um, for the most part. Yep. Unless you give them a little skin in the game, um, like profit sharing and stuff like that. So the way I, I, I mean, I my day is pretty pretty simple and pretty consistent. It's almost like to the point where it's like a state of anhedonia, where like every single day is exactly the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I make my rounds. I usually start out. I start in the mornings. Um, going through my my bookings, emails, and stuff like that. Or if I if I went to bed too early the night before, I got to get up at five o'clock and and just take that time that I slept the night before because I was lazy, and I got to make that up. So I work on my bookings, stop at David Ray's, check in there, check my mailbox, check in with my management, um, check the spreadsheets, make sure you know see where we were the day before, make sure the deposits are on. All good there. Uh, have a couple cups of coffee, then drive down to Cannabis Depot, chat with my management there run the deposits, see how things are going there. If there's anything I need to address, you know, BS a little bit with my managers there. Um, then I'll pop to Dublin Square, do the same thing. And then I'm pretty much just, you know, running around the rest of the day, just trying to make things happen. Stop at the lab a lot or we'll have, the meetings are sprinkled in every day. Or like yeah. even today, like I, I, this, and then I have a, the lacrosse center board meeting at four. And then I just have a bunch of stuff I'm doing all day today. Yep. So, I guess to get back to your question, it's a juggling act, but every day is different, so I can't give you one cookie-cutter response. Yep. I don't know what's going to happen any single day, so my job is to make sure my managers are doing their jobs, that I'm signing their paychecks and making sure there's enough money in the bank for them, 
and I deal with the tough decisions or the complicated decisions that they don't want to or aren't in a position to handle eloquently, I, I feel. Yep. So my day is constantly, I don't know if I can swear on here or not, it's constantly being crapped on yep. um, every day and trying to figure out how to wipe that crap off myself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I'm always dealing with, there's not a day that goes by where at least one or two things don't yep. happen that I have to find some sort of resolution to. You're a firefighter. Well, yeah, basically. Any business owner. And my thing, and I always talk to my managers, like, and that's a good, a good one there, is I'm saying, why don't we focus on putting the fires out before they begin? Yeah. Like, if you show up 20 minutes late to your shift and you, you dress and you got pet dander all over your shirt and I'm talking to you about this, you're putting me in an uncomfortable position. For sure. You know that that's not my how I want things to roll. Yeah. Now we're having this talk. And now we're set back and now you're going to be bummed out. And I, it's the whole day is, you know, it's like, don't put yourself in that position. Yep. Put that fire out before, wake up 10 minutes early, put a clean shirt on and come to work ready yep. to tackle the day. Yep. And I think if you focus more on putting the fires out or not letting the balloon get too big before it pops and explodes, I think that's that's what it's all about. For sure. What uh, what leadership call it? I mean, are you the one directly hiring your managers? Yeah. Okay. What for the most part? Yes. What uh, what qualities are you looking for in your leadership that you're hiring? First and foremost, honesty and trustworthiness, integrity. Okay. Um, I also like people that have a willingness to learn and get better. Um, a lot of the qualities, I guess, I feel like I I have in myself. Yeah. Um, People always say work. I'm a hard worker and I have good work ethic and stuff like that. But work ethic to you might mean something than it does to me. Like it's a mindset. Yep. So what I like, I, I like people who would answer. I like to work smart, not hard. Because mm -hmm. I can, if I can accomplish the same amount of work in 30 hours that it takes you 40 hours, are you really a good employee or are you just dumb? Yep. <laughs> or you're, right. you're 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 not good with your, you're not good with your time. You're not efficient. Yeah, for sure. So let's not let's let's work on becoming more efficient and more effective than harder working yep you know what i mean because yep. working hard I, yeah you put in a lot of hours but i've seen you sitting at the bar for, for sure eight of those yep you know um so i would also you know they have to have passion when, when whatever it is you know i don't know if it was Abe Lincoln said it, whatever it is you do in life make sure you, you do it well and that you enjoy it you know what i mean do it well yep. so if you if you're not if I can sense that and you don't have emotional intelligence that you're not really enjoying yourself, I'm going to have to pull you aside and be like, dude, if your passion's not here, man, you got to go. Yeah. I don't care if the restaurant business or whatever business it is, if that's not your career for the rest of your life, that's fine. And I'm not telling it to be, but right now, every single two weeks when I sign your paycheck, it better yep. be like the best job in your yep. in the world for you. Yep. So own, own what you were happy to do and interview about. Um, otherwise, we got we to gotta part. Ways. For sure. Yeah, a lot of that is mindset too, though. Like you got to go. Yeah. Like you said, you got to go into a job and I mean, you can choose to wake up and be passionate about it. Every job that I've, yeah. But also for people that are applying and stuff, I think it's an encouragement to go and find something that you're actually passionate about. Mm -hmm. Look at you. Mm -hmm. You're, I'm sure, very busy doing a bunch of businesses. But like you said, in the beginning of the podcast, all the businesses that you've started are your passions and what you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. So then it, you could work 60, 70 hours, but when it's your passion and something that you love, it's not going to feel like 60, 70 hours. Yeah. But 40 hours at a job I absolutely loathe every day to get up, that's going to feel like 80. That's and like so, purgatory, man. So yeah, it is, for sure. It is purgatory. Yeah, it's and, like Dante's Inferno. And so you got you to find something you're passionate about, but even if it's not your ideal passion and, and you're work, let, let's say you're working at a restaurant and restaurant life's not your biggest passion, you can still, you can still get yourself ready to to have the emotional yeah. intelligence and the passion behind it to, to do well. I mean, I worked at Culver's for a little bit. Yeah. 
nobody, no offense, but Culver's yeah. is not Keegan Walls' dream job. Like, man, <laughs> no. I want to work at Culver's the rest of my life. But for a season, I worked at Culver's, and you know what I did? I, I can't do something unless I'm having fun and enjoying it. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm not going to do something if I can't. Well, it's not. So how how can I reconcile the fact of I'm not passionate about it, but I can't do something unless I have I know my why and I am passionate about it. Yeah. So I'd go in every single day, and it's how can I ha- I can have fun and enjoy it. And then it was about connecting with the people and helping with the people, um, like the other employees, and finding out about their lives and right. trying to make somebody smile, make the guests smile, be a little bit goofy just because that's my personality. Sure. And dude, I I personally I don't know maybe the people that worked with me would attest I. I think I made the atmosphere and the environment fun. Yeah, but yeah. I think fun is a big, like fun is how, fun is, I always joke, fun's my spiritual gift. So I have to have fun. And so if I'm going to do a job, I can yeah, make, fun. you can make boring things fun. Absolutely. Just make it fun. Yeah. Okay. You're, it's not your pet. Make it your pet. Make it be passionate about it. I think it's a mindset and you can make yourself get there. I agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell us about cannabis. How did you get, how did you get oh, into cannabis that? Is fantastic, <laughs> it's It's fun. Um, I've been pushing cannabis. So little story here, and my mom doesn't mind telling this, and I, I, I've done big talks and stuff even at universities talking about. So when I was in fifth grade, and I've always been a mama's boy, my, my dad was in and out of prison. Uh, you know, he, he, he lived at Huska Park back in the day too, so he was, he was homeless and the panhandler and all. Anything you see at Huska, that was like my pops. Awesome mm. man, but just troubled. Um, so my life was pretty much living with a single mom and, and tiny houses on food stamps and, you know, and, and all of that government cheese and you didn't eat ramen noodles and all that. So, but, but with that being said, in fifth grade, my mom, her best friend, um, snitched on her for an eighth of weed. She said, Hey, I need an eighth of weed and can you drive it to me? So my mom drove it up there. She had a wire on mom got, uh, roasted, um, mm. she's, but for an eighth of brick, dirty, the grossest like weed that they smoked back in the 80s you know what i mean Hmm. um she got three months in jail for that so i had to go live with my grandparents and ever since then i pretty much vowed to work on the the legalization and the destigmatization of cannabis in in Hmm. america and especially in wisconsin so even like in seventh grade out my 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 persuasive speech was why marijuana should be decriminalized in the united states Hmm. can you imagine a little (laughs) 10 year 11 year old talking about the decriminalization of marijuana the people, the the faculty were not too impressed. Yeah, um, I did get an A on the speech because I was quite persuasive, um, but ever since then I have just been passionate about it, and um, now we, you know, Wisconsin's hopefully in a position where in the next year will be medical. The the GOP, the Republicans are putting together a bill for for medical. I don't know much about it, but you have Minnesota that is going recreational on August first. Um, we'll be looking at putting a location in Minnesota, hopefully several. Um, but with, with cannabis, I got Cannabis Depot, and then I got Carbon, and I got Sensi. Carbon is an extraction and processing lab. So we have we do a lot of toll processing. So we have farmers from all over the place that will bring us their their product, and then we'll, we'll process it, break it down, and then we'll extract it and either take 50-50 split or we'll give them all their oil and charge them a fee. Oh, so there's, there's different ways that we get paid on that, but we're also, you know, in almost a hundred stores throughout Wisconsin, our products are, and several in, in many other States, but Sensi is another thing. So we teamed up with Stacks Family Farms, who's in the same building with us. They have the indoor organic grow. We take their cannabis, we process it into a, a nice 
sexy looking distillate. And then we take it one step further with ultrasonic nano emulsification, which basically means we put it in this box and we blow sound waves at it and it shakes it and breaks it down to the next level. So you're getting this product mm. in Sensi, every can, can you drink that has nanotech in it, which has a quick onset of action because of that. It gets to your, it's molecular level. So it gets in your bloodstream quicker and it crosses the blood brain barrier quicker. So you're having a, it's getting, you're getting higher quicker. And this is, a, this is a technology that's, and it doesn't taste earthy, you know, earthy and hempy like a lot of the products are out there that are water soluble. Um, so that's what really separates with us. And the constant technology changing in cannabis and just, it's an industry that is growing, it's poised for growth, and it's not going anywhere. So I'm excited as ever to be a part of it. And we've been a part of it in Wisconsin, especially in its infancy stages. And now we're just starting to really get recognition and picking up some steam here. How close do you think Wisconsin is to get it recreationally? I'll say by next summer. Really? Medical. Medical, okay. Medical, and I bet you it'll be super restrictive as well. Okay. Um, there will only probably be a certain amount of licenses handed out in each, whether county or quadrant of the state. Yeah. Um, and then there'll be for ailments that are probably, you know, super tightened, like Minnesota was, like you had to have, like, it's just weird stuff. Like people want it, like with PTSD and stress and sleep and pain and stuff. I think you had to have like a cough for like 17 and 17 weeks in Minnesota. You had to be just weird stuff. Yeah. Like nobody has it. Yeah. And there's only three doctors in the whole state that even prescribe it. Really? And they're never available. So the whole medical program over in Minnesota was dog crap, if okay. you ask me. So I think Wisconsin's going to do it right, I'm hoping. And they're going to learn from all their predecessors. And they're going to put together a package that's kind of unique to Wisconsinites. Cool. Well, to close us out... Maybe take us back to that first business and, and not being afraid of failure. And you kind of cut the story short. Yeah. Um, how did that story end and what lesson can people learn from that? Yeah. So, I mean, failure is good. I don't care what anyone says. It's how you learn. It's how you grow. And to be to me personally, I think that failure is the condiment that gives success its delicious flavor. Um, I've failed with Smart Health Media. So my, we basically sold that company. And um, I was on the line for everything, my, my credit, all of that. And then we, when we sold that business, the business that bought us, they stopped making payments on it about a year, year and a half into it, hmm. okay? So once they stopped doing that, my name was still on the SBA loan. We had an agreement on it that they were gonna continue to pay it until it was gone yep. over a couple of years. Um, and because of my business partners at the Times um, dog shit credit, I was the only one on it. And he basically ghosted me, so I had, uh, I was in a position um, where I was looking at my mom and we're sitting there and I'm like, I'm, I don't want to claim bankruptcy here. It's yeah. $140,000 I own. Um, I, my reputation, my credit, everything like that. I'm like, what do I do? And she's like, well, if you can pay it, then pay it. So I, I wrote a check to the bank here locally out of my personal checking for $140,000. Wow. Um, just so I didn't have that tarnishment on my credit. But that's talking about like being a man of your word. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and then I've, I've reached out several times to my friend, quote unquote, that I started the business with and he just refuses to even chip in anything. So mm. I'm like, at this point, go after yourself and time to move on. Yeah. But one of the stories I've learned from that is make sure you do your due diligence. Uh, I don't care if it's your best friend or your family member or whatever, um, know who you're getting into business with. Yep. Because if there's an opportunity, humans are humans and they will step on your head to get through the mud. Yep. <laughs> They'll walk right on your back. Um, some won't, but I'm just saying, make sure you, you know who, keep your, your enemies close, but your friends close, but your enemies closer, you For know, sure. because that sucked. 
But um, I learned from it, and if, so I don't really necessarily consider it a failure. It's yep. a success. I won't do that ever again. For sure. You know what I mean? And that that was meant to happen. Um, you know, success. We talk about so many people have different definitions of success. You know, I mean, what I if we all wrote down us three of us and wrote yep. down on a piece of paper, what does success mean to you? There's not going to be one definitive answer. It's just yep. not the way it is. And anyone that tells you any different is a dumbass. Yep, they're not smart. Um, so I, I mean, the success I think by definition is the accomplishment accomplishment of an aim or a purpose. To me, success is the accomplishment or the uh, the mindset, knowing that you did your best to accomplish something. I mean, even if you don't reach the goal and you did your best, maybe that maybe your goal, your your smart goal. I don't. We can talk about that at a different time. What smart goals are versus just throw some crap at the wall and yep. call it a goal. Um, you, you know, if you did your best to accomplishment and you almost got there, well, you just probably need to tweak something and get there. There's there's a le- there's a progression of success to it. It's yep. and there's also a very thin line between success and failure as well. So many people are so close to getting to success and then they, they, they don't have the courage to just continue on one day longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at like an ice cube, okay? So an ice cube, we sit on this tail. If we were in a walk-in cooler or wherever, you know, if it was or set an ice cube right here, if it's 18 degrees, that ice cube's not going to melt. If you raise it up to 19 degrees, it's still not going to melt. However, if you get to 30 degrees, it's still not going to get to melt. 31, not going to melt. But if at 32 degrees, one more degree, just imagine that thing starts slowly melting and now you get to 33 degrees and you're already on your way to melting that thing. Yep. So just think about that. Success could be the difference between 31 degrees and 32 degrees. Yeah. That's the way I look at things in mm. life. How close are you to melting that ice cube? For sure. So Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you being here. I want to be respectful of your time. No, and, dude, this is all good. Um, I don't, I don't want to rush out or anything like that. So I, I, I appreciate it. I know you guys got busy days too. All so. good. We'll, we'll, we'll have you back on. Yeah, whatever, whatever, man. I, mean, we can, I can bring in, we can do some Elon, uh, some Elon Musk. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring some doobies in here. I was gonna bring, I was gonna, I was gonna bring some senses for you guys, but I just didn't know how your day rolls or anything. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of always tweaked or having yeah. a little bit. The stress and anxiety of the planet just makes me. It's my medicine. And it yeah. calms me down. I'd rather be doing that than being in a bar getting mush brain. Sure. <laughs> you know, right. yep. you can't accomplish crap when you're when you're mush brain. Like the how the yep. guys in Mad Men ever get shit accomplished. They're always drunk on whiskey all day at nine and ten in the morning. I mean, if I was doing that, I'm already at the beach. I'm like, I'm not working. I'm done, man. I'm not focused here. I'm focusing on getting this buzz going. Right. <laughs> not working. I'm certainly not doing paperwork after yeah. I have a jag on. Yeah. So no clerical work for sure. Yeah. But I, I mean, I I don't know if I answered a lot of these questions. You did, yeah. I think we but, that was really, really uh, good. Yeah. So I mean the, the one here, the the one that daily activity listeners can start doing today. What they can start doing today is Go act. Stop yep. talking about it. Get your ass out of bed. Get up early. Meditate. Read books. Get out there and learn and do it. And inspire people and kick today's ass. Go out yep. there and do it, man. Because if you're not, well, then I don't want to hear you complaining about why your life sucks. Yep. Because anybody can do it. I am the dumbest person in this room, but I know what I want and I'm passionate. And I think I'm just as passionate as you guys. I might not be as smart as you guys. But I have a willpower to be a better human being every day. If you're not growing, you're dying. My goal in life is to be better than I was the day the day before. So I want to go back to yesterday and be like, dude, you're a poser. I'm way better than you now. <laughs> yeah. you know? I love it. All right, cool. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for being Thank here, you. Matt. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We sincerely hope that you learned something today and found value in today's episode. 
As always, we super appreciate your support and hope you can all find a way this week to pay it forward.